We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call it the game plan, and he is a busy man. He's actually went back-to-back home games for one of the few times this season. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, joins us. T-Row, got to be nice to be home for a little bit. Got to be nice to get some dubs as well. Oh, I love it when the schedule breaks like this. Yeah, it's uh, about nine or ten straight days uh, without a road trip. So, this has been good. Uh Quite a thriller on Saturday afternoon in Norman. That 21 lead changes. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. But uh, fortunately, the last lead change swung in the favor of OU and uh, the Sooners. And uh, on a Herculean effort by Christian Doolittle, able to uh, pull out a win. Got another home game Wednesday night against K-State. Be another tough one. I uh, I keep waiting for that part of the schedule where you've got two or three layups in a row, and <laughs> I luck. think I think uh, yeah I don't think it's I don't think it's happening. So uh, that this is the way it's going to be. It's a fist fight from here to the wire every night, but that makes it fun. I mean, you go into every game knowing you got a chance to win it, you got a chance to lose it, and uh, that that makes them interesting for sure. Before I, I want to talk about Christian Doolittle with you because I was actually talking to Ben Coldajelli today, and we're going to try to get do uh, post practice maybe tomorrow for the podcast later this week. But before we go in depth, there have you got an explanation as to what Christian James was teed up for after Mannix dunk, or is that still a big kind of question mark right now? It's definitely a question mark. I was uh, Christian said that he was told it was for the shove 
into the back of the player under the rim. Now, I haven't heard that from the official or anybody else. If that's what he was teed up for, that's a little ridiculous. Uh, it was not much of a shove at all. It was two guys going for a rebound. But, um, you know, I don't know. I- I'm glad it worked out in the end the way it did. I'm glad we didn't look back and say that that was a call that cost him the game. I, I think the first flagrant foul was probably warranted. It looked like he did kind of swing his elbow there, and and that's just a no-no this day these days. But the, the second tee was a mystery, and I was sitting there by, uh, you know, the officials during the next commercial break. The other two officials that didn't call the tee were looking back to see if there should be anything else. So I was watching the video with them, and they looked as puzzled as I did. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Fortunately, OU won, and you move on. Now, uh, on the other side of it, kind of building it up, boy, Christian Doolittle's really been something this year for this team and obviously was on his game Saturday, Toby. Talk about just a, a spark of energy that he's provided. He's he's really been great for Lon Kruger so far this year. Well, he has. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy improve so much in a month. <laughs> you know, you, you look back um, – about a month ago or so, and he was a, a relative non-factor. You know, that that's probably not completely fair, but he hadn't scored in double figures, and I kept writing it on my uh, my score sheet every night, yet to score in double figures, yet to score in double figures. <laughs> and he, he would go out and have six or seven points and four or five rebounds, but, you know, it wasn't overly impactful. And then all of a sudden – um, with Jamani's injury, he got forced into the lineup and it seemed like a light bulb went on. I, I don't know exactly what happened. He had some success, but every time out, it's been better and better. I think he is extremely important for this team going forward. And, and they've got a lot of great weapons. Um, they've got some really good three point shooters. They've got uh, talented defenders. They've got an elite scorer in Christian James. But Christian Doolittle can do everything. He is the ultimate versatile basketball player. At six foot seven, he can guard all five positions. He can handle the ball. We've seen him many times dribble the ball up the court. He can post up. He can shoot outside. He can get into the paint. He can shoot the free throw line jumper. He's strong enough to try to defend 6'10", 6'11", guys down low and has. He's uh, uh, on the other end, though, you can't guard him with 6'10", 6'11", guys because he, like he did Saturday, pulls him out to the perimeter and shoots shots over him or drives around him. So he's an incredibly tough matchup for an opponent. And – and I think having that weapon in your holster going forward is going to be very valuable for Lon Kruger. I hope he can, I hope we're just seeing, you know, that rocket ship launch here for him because he had flashes his freshman year. He had a disappointing sophomore year that was marred by a suspension and he had a slow start to his junior year. But if he can start here and just keep going up, I mean, we're talking about, a se- you know, the anticipation of him going into a senior year will be great. So um, I- I'm excited for him. It-, it was great for him to have a moment like that, too, where he hits the game winner on Saturday. 
double figures now in five of his last six games. And, you know, you mentioned Jamani McNeese. I don't know, still not 100% yet, Toby, but I think in the long run, this is going to be good for this team because, as you brought up, as much as they miss Jamani and as much of a factor as it is, it's allowed guys like Doolittle to continue to develop. And I think that, again, you know, as long as – as Jumani gets back to 100%, which I think we all assume he will, that's good for this team to be able to develop some depth around him. Yeah, that's always the um, the hidden upside in uh, you know college basketball and college baseball where every game isn't – like if you lose a game along the way, it's not the end of your season. Sometimes in football that can be the case. But um, when you have an injury, it's bad especially if it's to one of your, your best players. But the, the positive side is somebody else gets forced into action and gets valuable playing time. And then when you're able to add that, hopefully you can add that original weapon back in, you're a stronger team for it. So I think Oklahoma's in that position. Uh, the question mark is money. And, I, you know, he's not quite 100% with his ankle, but I think he's getting close. I, I think a, he's not quite 100% with trusting it either, and I think that's as big of a part of it as the pain. He he heard it last year. He heard it again this year. He tweaked it again after he heard it this year. So there's this, you know, understandable, uh, tentative feel like, uh-oh, I don't want to do that again. And so I think every time you leap, you're thinking about it. And every time you block out, you're trying not to step on somebody's foot. When you drive, you're hoping you don't step on somebody's foot. And that isn't playing – that's not normal. You, you, you can't be at your best like that. You can't be thinking about not getting hurt all the time. So he's just got to – he's got to get some miles between him and that injury. He's got to go out, have a game, not re-hurt it, and say, all right, I did it. Go out, have another game, not re-hurt it. And say all right I did it and before long if he can keep banking those he's going to get to the point where he trusts it again and he's that gym money we're used to seeing jumping out of the gym hey uh, Toby obviously we'll have a chance to talk a lot more hoops and have a couple of games to recap uh, coming up in our Friday edition I know Oklahoma is hosting Kansas State on Wednesday night so I want to veer away from the men's team just for a second you had a chance I had a chance on Wednesday night you had a chance on Sunday to watch Sherry Cole's women's team I know it was uh, two games in which they struggled but man you just you you can sense the talent there just you feel like it's a matter of time before everyone gets together before they can really start rolling yeah they're really really young but um you're right you can see that the future is bright and unfortunately, for now anyway, they're having to kind of muddle through a season in which the win-loss record is ugly. And uh, I don't put it past Sherry to pull off a magic trick here and find a way to get this team into the tournament. They've got an incredible streak going. 19 straight years they've gone to the dance. And, you know, it's looking uh, bleak at this point. But you just – she has she – has, and the team has to, and the fans have to continue to keep their eyes on the horizon here. Maddie Williams is going to be a star. Anna Yanusa, still only a sophomore, is on the verge of becoming a star. Taylor Robertson is one of the best shooters that I've ever seen, and I think women's college basketball's ever seen. Uh, 
Tatum Weitenheimer is rock solid. Shayna Pellington was the Big 12 freshman of the year last year, and she's kind of been a roller coaster this year. But when she's at the top of her game, she's electric. And then they've got an outstanding recruiting class also coming in next year. So it's coming for these guys. It's going to be a slow build. You know, some of these freshmen, all of these freshmen, are right now taking the first of eight laps through the Big 12 Conference. You know, you you go through every twice. And this is the first time Sunday they ever saw a defense like West Virginia. And whether it's the West Virginia men or the West Virginia women, they're pretty similar. That can be a shock to the system. Yep. Now, the, sec- the second time, it's a little less of a shock. The third time, it's a little less of a shock. But before you know it, you're like, all right, I can handle this. <laughs> so uh, it's going to get better. And they've got OU's got a Hall of Fame coach and a lot of young talent. And it's a tough year they're muddling through right now. But I'm with you. I think there's some exciting things on the horizon. Speaking of exciting, I know there's nothing official, Toby, but as I let you go, pretty exciting times for Lincoln Riley and this defensive coaching staff. I mean, we already know about Alex Grinch as we tape this. There's been rumblings all day about potential position coaches that could roll in. You know, I know you and I both enjoyed our time. We got to spend with Kerry Cooks, and we see him move on to, to Texas Tech, and he'll do great things there. But pretty exciting to see some of the adjustments that uh, it looks like Lincoln Riley is making beyond just bringing in Alex Grinch. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's optimism. You yep. know, I mean, that's um, this is a, a football program that is uh, right there. I mean, they've, they've taken us to great heights under Lincoln the last couple of years, and they're knocking on the door of a national championship. Not, I mean, the highest of the heights. Not just uh, Big 12 titles and beating your rivals and going to Final Fours, but now we're talking on the brink of national championships. And everyone universally agreed that that next step is going to be that they got to get better defensively. So uh, you're seeing moves made to try to do that. And uh, it's exciting. You know, I, I uh, have full faith in Lincoln. I think all of the players and recruits as evidenced by the fact he was able to recruit so well, defensive players without a defensive coordinator have faith in Lincoln. Um, and so it's going to be fun to see uh, how these moves work out. And I, you know, I, the guy has not, touched hardly anything that hasn't turned to gold (laughs) since he's been here so it's kind of hard to believe that he's that alex grinch isn't gold you know right and uh whoever they hire around him um is going to be gold so i think it's it's reason for optimism for sooner fans for sooner players for sooner recruits that um that Things are going to improve on that side of the ball. And if they do, watch out because, um, you know, Oklahoma offensively is obviously dynamic and it looks like they got a chance to be that way for, for years to come. Thanks a lot, Toby. We'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks, Chris. So I've kind of debated throughout the day whether or not I would add this final interview to the podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. And if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. But it's Jim Duquette who spent 20 years as a Major League Baseball executive. He was the general manager of the Mets and the Orioles, and today I was sitting in on Big 12 Today on Sirius XM 375, this channel 375. Gabe Eichert and I 
uh, do the show sometimes. I fill in for Holly Rowe, and, and Gabe was on vacation, so Tom Luganbill and I had a chance to sit in and talk a little bit about Kyler's decision to make himself eligible for the NFL draft, which, again, broke pretty much as we were taping our interview with Toby. As soon as we got done talking with Toby, this story broke. So kind of wanted to share a little bit of Jim Duquette and his thought on kind of what to make of this whole Kyler Murray saga. Were you? I, I guess the, the opening question in all of this is, were you surprised? So when you heard that Kyler Murray was going to go ahead and declare for the draft, were you surprised at all to hear that announcement? No, I wasn't surprised. I, I mean, I think this is, you know, whatever his final decision is, um, you know, it's the right decision to kind of keep all of your options open, to, you know, both options available. Um, it's kind of fascinating as it goes on, you know, as you get closer to the draft and the combine and, you know, what decision he actually he go, he's, uh, he's going to go down. Uh, just by, by declaring for the NFL draft doesn't mean that he's completely, completely ruled out the baseball side of things. But, um, you know, if I were his representation on, on either side, I think it makes a lot of sense. Unless when the Oakland A's flew into Dallas yesterday, they offered him a big, a big bonus and added him to the 40-bed roster for baseball, and they gave, you know, they gave him uh, you know, somewhere around the money that he would be guaranteed if he was drafted in the first round. See, I, that's been my theory all along with this, is that while I think he has a passion for football, uh, and I really believe that, I think this has been more about trying to make up for potential lost income by choosing not to play football and leveraging that against baseball with really no true belief that he wants to play football but just wants to be able to get some of that money he'd be foregoing. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, and again, I don't know. We don't. I don't think any of us really know the true answer, he, except for he, him. But I would say this: you know, his signing bonus, as you know, four six, four point six. Yeah. You know, if, what, if he was middle of the first round in the NFL, guaranteed money is what maybe fourteen, fifteen million, something like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, right. somewhere in that range is what I had looked up. You know, Patrick Mahomes might have gotten a little bit more a couple of years ago. I think he was drafted tenth in the in the first round of the NFL a couple of years ago. So somewhere in that range, if it's later, obviously it's going to be less. So in my mind, I'm looking at it going, all right, if I'm the Oakland A's, I don't want to lose the draft pick. I don't want to lose the player. This guy has a chance to be an impactful Major League Baseball player. It's going to take a couple of years. But if he focuses on it, great athleticism, you know, has a chance to be a, you know, an everyday all-star. I don't want him going off to the NFL if I can buy him out of that you know, and keep him in, a, in an A's uniform for the next couple of years. So there are ways that you can do it on the baseball side. Um, and it's probably, I don't, again, like I said, I, I don't know if Oakland made him that offer. It didn't sound like it, but you could very easily, you know, give him a multi-year contract extension uh, where even if he was playing in the minor leagues, he's making, you know, millions of dollars at least in a signing bonus and, you know, hedge your bet and not lose the pick because in baseball the, the rule is you can, get the mo- you, know, you can get the bonus money back, the 4.6, but you can't get the pick back, which, you know, uh, that would be, you know, a disaster. Picking in that spot, I think they were the ninth pick last year, that's a huge loss if you lose out on, on that pick, you know, and he goes into the uh, NFL. Jim, now looking back, did the A's make a mistake? drafting him so so high or or is this just one of those things where you just kind of accepted that this was a possibility i you know it's a it's a very good question because i've I sat there if like if, if i really love the player um then you know and if you kind of go back when they drafted him and you guys know this too like 
Everyone, I talked to Danny Cannell, who, uh, former, obviously, uh, NFL player, quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, he had the opportunity to do both. I asked him where, where he, and, and even some of the other NFL experts that I've seen, they felt Kyler Murray was a, a, a second-rounder, somewhere before the season started a second-rounder, uh, before the college season started. So if I knew that going in, then I, would have, I probably would have drafted him there knowing what we know now, he wanted to play baseball. His agent was saying that. Uh, there was a lot of, I think, like enough information that you had that he wanted to play baseball. So that's why I keep going back to what we were talking about earlier. That's why I think he's going to be, in the end, coming back to baseball. It's, that was his initial, uh, his initial feeling all along. It seemed like it was his, his uh, first love, although, uh, again, it, it's so up in the air right now. The other interesting story I felt real quick was, you know, his dad was in this situation back. God, my cousin was was the was the scouting director for the Milwaukee Brewers back when his dad they drafted him. The Brewers did uh, made him a contract offer, signed him to play baseball. Then he 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 left and went, went and played football in the NFL. This was his I'm, yeah, it was his dad. Him and they tried to sue for the signing bonus back. The Brewers did and they lost in court. And the dad went on to play football. And so in the back of everyone's mind, that backstory is sitting there, even though his <laughs> uncle, Kelvin Murray, had, did the same thing and played baseball. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about playing both or trying to figure out a way to play both. And I got to be honest with you, when you're talking about any other position but quarterback, okay, there's a discussion to be had there. I just don't think that's even remotely feasible with the commitment that it takes to play quarterback in the National Football League to think that you could play both. Do you agree? It it sounds like, you know, from that side of it, the bigger issue is on the on the NFL side, right? So if a team yeah. drafts drafts him in the NFL as their quarterback, they they cannot let him go back and play baseball. The baseball side of it, um, you know, you may be willing to you know, uh, hedge your bet a little bit and and allow him to do both. We've seen you know plenty of two sport guys play well in the fo- in the NFL and play well in baseball. Obviously, everyone talks about Bo Jackson, but but Brian Jordan did it. Even Deion Sanders, you know, and Deion, uh, Jim Bowden, who I do a show with on Sundays mm-hmm. uh, on, the, on the, the front office, uh, he had Deion Sanders. He said, you know, if Deion put his mind to it, playing baseball every day, he would have been a, an All Star type of player. Um, and he was still pretty good as a, as a baseball player. So, so you know, you're, you're in that side. From the baseball side, you'd say, all right, we can be a little more flexible. But it does sound like on the, on the football side, that is problematic. Were you surprised to hear when the A's had their get-together with him this weekend that Major League Baseball was reportedly involved? Did that stand out to you at all, Jim, or not? It did. It did. It did stand out. In fact, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, we talked about that on my show today. You know, Major League Baseball – has had you know issues in the past about not promoting and marketing their their players well enough, and there's been some criticism of that, and and uh, you know rightly so. I haven't seen it uh, nearly as good as in other sports, and there's some complications in season, but it still hasn't been the same. So the fact that you know Major League Baseball officials would go down and try to to you know in essence entice or sell him on the opportunities on the marketing side. Uh, when they haven't really done a very good job, I don't know how well that went over. I mean, they might have been selling them a, you know, a bag of goods, or maybe they were trying to sell them on, hey, we're we're going to start doing some things a little bit better, and so here's what we have in mind for you, and here's the opportunity. I would hope that it would be the latter, um, you know, and that'd be something that um, that you know that might be enticing. But I feel like that's a secondary, 
you know, decision for the kid. I think it's it's a little more cut and dry. Hey, are the A's going to pony up and, and, and give him more money to, to have him or to try to convince him to forego playing in, in the NFL? Hey, Jim, a uh, couple final quick thoughts. Sure. Do you look at something like this as good for baseball? Because I know that a lot of the talk centers around the decision to declare for the NFL draft. But, right. I mean, is, is it good for baseball to have a conversation like this involving a, a guy like Kyler Murray and bringing to light? I don't know if you want to argue about whether or not the structure system is right for slotting draft picks or not. But is this good for baseball? Well, I think it's, I think it's good at the moment. Um, It'll be great for the sport if he if he decides to come into Major League Baseball and and and, uh, and say no to the NFL, um, you know, and and then it'd be interesting to hear what his rationale or reasoning is. I, listen, when I was in the front office, I used to sell kids who who were dual, dual sport guys about the pounding that they took in the NFL, and certainly with the concussion stuff out there as well. <laughs> uh, we on the baseball side feel like there's an opportunity to try to bring you know youth and and amateur players. Uh, a little bit back into the sport because I feel like we've lost some of those good athletes. So, you know, if if he were to make that final decision to come to Major League Baseball, I think it'd be really good for our sport. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you bring that up because I'd be curious from your days with the Orioles and your days with the Mets, had you ever experienced anything like this? And what would be that sales pitch that you would throw at a guy who has a decision like this? Yeah, so I had a kid we drafted in the first round. It was 2003, a kid out of uh, Florida, high school kid and named uh, Lasting Millage. So he was going to play college football. He loved baseball, and he was going to try to play college football. And he, he, he had a couple of scholarships in hand. I forget the, the, the college that he, that he was thinking about going to, but we felt like he really wanted to play baseball. Uh, but I, I remember, and I've had conversations with amateur kids uh, uh, since uh, who are dual sports, especially out of the state of Texas when, they're, when, when there's so much pressure to play high school football and play at the high level that you guys see in all the big conferences, high-profile conferences, to play football. That's a huge, huge uh, allure, and it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, and, I, you know, I've, I've made, pl- not, not necessarily pleas, but conversations about the physical toll that it takes, the, the longevity of a baseball career versus the NFL uh, player career, uh, the safety issues. Uh, so, so I would I would play continue to play on that if I was still in the front office, uh, you know, and, and and again try to get that money equal. And I think if you're if you're putting money the same money levels together, um, it's a it's pretty compelling for a kid on the health side to pick baseball. Can't thank you enough for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll be back on Friday with a full edition. Christian Doolittle will be our special guest as we get you ready for a big weekend of hoops. And Sooner softball has started practice, as has Sooner baseball, as we've started the second semester. The spring semester is underway. So Diamond Sports right around the corner. So Friday, a new edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.